It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. DFS strategy show. We've got just four games to talk about. Kind of weird that there's only four. Uh, I don't remember a slate this small on a Saturday, but uh, COVID times, that's what you get. So we actually have a huge slate tomorrow. Not exactly sure how the sites are going to break it up, uh, but uh, we'll go through all four of these games. Um, spend a little bit of time on each of them. Uh, Cliffy joining me today. You guys know Slim Cliffy. How was your night last night? I actually had a good night last night. Nice. Um, not as good as yours, uh, but I still managed to go to 7X over on DK, um, finished top five in the 20 max. Thank you, Pavelski and Radulov. Um, so good night. Been a good season so far. Can't complain. I heard you had a good night too. Yeah, I had a, a good uh, star stat. I mean, I wasn't really on them that much. I think I had like four or 5%, but it ended up that couple of my best lineups um needed the stars and had them in there with Kidobin. So uh people were talking in Slack yesterday that uh that Josh's dog, did you see Josh's dog was on the stream? Yeah. He was barking and like licking his face when he was talking about Anton Kidobin. So that was that was the call. <laughs> Josh's dog almost led me to uh to first place. So, so you almost got there. Almost got there. Be a little treat if you ever see him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got to got to stock up on some treats there. Um, let's see, what else do we have from last night? I mean, 
yeah, the Stars just dominated. It was a 6 or 7-0 victory shutout. Like, you just had to have the Stars if you were going to compete in anything. Um, did you have any of them in your 20? Or did you play 20? Oh, yeah. I played a – I had more of the Hintz Garyanov line just because um, they were a fair bit cheaper. And, I, like, I'm pretty big on Hintz and Garyanov just in general this year. Uh, but I had some Pavelski and Radulov. And, honestly, like, I wasn't on Pavelski and Radulov that much either. Um, it's just when I ran my crunches, that's, that's what it spit back at me. <laughs> One thing I've learned to do over the last few years is to not doubt my numbers and think that I know better than what the optimizer spits back at me. So like when my lineups come back, like I'll change, you know, some one off defenseman or one offs and stuff like that. Maybe I'll change a stack or two, but I've learned to just leave it because, uh, I've learned to start trusting my projections more rather than just my intuition. So uh, it led me to leaving Pavelski and Radulov in there. And, you know, I had him with Clem Klingberg. I had some with Haskin and had all of them with Hudobin and it worked out real well. So kind of, kind of disappointed. It wasn't a better night considering how much Dallas I had. Cause like I was in the 20 max and I had Dal one in four out of 20 lineups and Dal two and two out of 20. So I had them in, you know, almost a third of my lineups and I still, you know, I didn't bank anything. Um, wasn't top two or top three anywhere, but you know, I'm not going to complain about a good profit night. Just, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you basically have to get like a top 0.1% these days, like a few years ago. Um, and people, I don't know, it's kind of overplayed. Like, obviously you have to bank to like uh, make profit long-term if you're playing the like, grinding GDPs, but it's just harder now with the min caches and the 16% rake on some of these low dollar tournaments. Like, um, you got to bank every once in a while and get those 0.1% lineups. So in NHL, I mean, you're going to win a little bit more often than other sports. Like we were talking about uh, some showdowns and stuff like that in these other sports. Like there's a big lottery MMA tournament. Uh, we'll talk about a promo for that promo code Connor. If you guys want to check that out. Um, you got, um, you've got like NFL showdowns, NFL two game slate tomorrow. Like, you're just not going to bank those very often. There's way too many people. Someone's going to hit the stone cold nuts. And in NHL, it's nice that you don't have to do that, especially on bigger slates. Tonight, there's going to be some duping going on. I think um, they're like I'm looking through my crunches, and some are some labs are coming back, and it's like you know like 15, 20 expected dupes in a fairly large field tournament, like the ten dollar. Um, so those are going to be the type of lineups I avoid, but. Uh, I think a pretty fun slate. I was just going through, giving a quick look through, um, and ran a crunch. And it's, it, I think it's interesting because Winnipeg plays late, and we know that there's going to be a ton of ownership there. So potential for some late swap opportunities. You're going to know, like you're going to have two games. Half the slate is going to be completely finished by the time we get to pregame skate for the Sen, uh, Senators and the Jets which is really nice. And then you're going to have another game that's probably going to be two periods in. So you're going to know where you're at um, if you go heavy on the Jets and whether or not you need to swap or if you're competing in a tournament, uh, unless you just stack up Sens and Jets, which might might end up being uh, a good idea here tonight. But um, let's get right into this. We've got ownership projections and projections. Everything's loaded up. Top stack tool. Go check that out. Um, I think FC is doing the lines manually. Um, so I've noticed that over the last couple of days, they've been very, very accurate compared to, um, the blip we had a couple of days ago. So, um, oh, just a PSA the, the site went down yesterday. Uh, if you are crunching, if you're making a bunch of lineups around lock, just be sure to like a couple hours before, um, 
just have a crunch ready where at least you have some reasonable lineups or uh, have a dummy lineup in with late players only or something like that. You just want to protect yourself. Like, obviously, we apologize for, for having issues. We don't actually know what caused them just yet. But, uh, yeah, we, we try to work for that to never happen. So um, just got to be prepared. Um, and, uh, yeah, luckily it worked out for some of us last night. So let's get into it. Philadelphia and Boston. We've got a 2.6 implied total for the Flyers, 2.9 for the Bruins, Carter Hart and Yaroslav Malak. Uh, these teams have played at least once a couple of days ago. I don't know if they've played. This is part of a three game series, but, uh, we just saw this matchup. I believe it was a five, four game in overtime, maybe shootout. Um, and you know, Boston one wasn't amazing in that game. I think the second line did a decent amount of damage. Nick Ritchie, I think had a goal multi-point game. Um, and then you had the, I think the JVR Giroux line was pretty solid for the Flyers in terms of just results, uh, pretty one-sided game in terms of possession. But, uh, what do you like here going back to the same match from a couple of nights ago? Yeah. So, I mean, without Sean Couturier in the lineup, this Flyers team looks pretty punchless. Like, and the problem with the matchup against Boston is that you're going to go into Boston and that haze line is going to be neutralized immediately by Bergeron and Marchand. So, like, hey, that haze line for me is just off the board uh, right away, like, as a stack. I'm just not using them. So then you have to go down further um, into the into the Philly depth so now you get into the second and third lines and I actually kind of like that second line with Nolan Patrick uh Nolan Patrick Konechny and Lindblom uh Konechny he's a shooter slash finisher like he's like a really really good goal scorer um he's leading their team in shots per 60 right now so um you know he's a guy that you kind of look to for shot volume from the roster like Lindblom is good two-way uh winger he can help distribute so I just kind of like the chemistry of that line um, and they're going to get to avoid uh, Marchand and Bergeron. So, like, Nolan, Konechny, and Lindblom is a line. Like, I'm not three-stacking them. Patrick and Lindblom, uh, you can put them together because I believe they're on the same power play. I mean, you can one-off Konechny if you want. But I think um, they're going to be matched up against the Boston second line. And that second line really isn't a lot to speak of. Like, Krejci's fought, like good offensively, but he's not the defensive player he was four or five years ago. Nick Ritchie's not a great defensive player. Jack Stidnick is still not, is still a prospect, still filling out. So, like, I think that Flyers' second line can kind of do a little bit of damage. But um, there's, the thing is, if you stack, like, Lindblom, Pat, Patrick, and Provorov, they're so cheap that they basically – you only need them if you're stacking Winnipeg power play. So that's kind of the problem I'm running into with the Flyers today is that I don't want to use the top line. I like the second line, but they're so cheap that they're, they're really not much use unless you put them in that one stack with the super chalk Winnipeg. So I don't see myself having a lot of Philly. I might have one or two like duos from that second line. Joel Faraby, um, he's shooting a lot at five on five, not so much on the power play. Like he's not the focus on the power play just yet. Um, it's more five on five. So uh, if you want to use Faraby as a one-off, I guess you can do that. But um, I'm just not super, super stoked about the Phillies forwards here tonight. It's basically just, a, you know, that second line with Patrick uh, and Konechny and Lindblom, you know, mixing some two-mans in there somewhere. Uh, you know, Provorov on the blue line is fine. He played 30 minutes last game. He's probably going to play like 27 or 28 in regulation here again tonight. Those kind of minutes, at, you know, in that mid-5K range, that's fine. 
Um, Carter Hart is a cheap price. So, you know, if Boston runs them over here again tonight, you could see a lot of volume. We like volume. Uh, so that's fine. Um, but that's just kind of the way I'm looking at this game is that there's just, there's just not, uh, not much that I, the need to go on the Philly side. Like I said, the top line's in a brutal matchup. The second line I think is in a good matchup. You don't really need the savings. If you do need the savings, then use them. Like I said, I'm probably going to use them in a, in a Winnipeg stack somewhere, but it's not something I'm going, you know, super heavy on. So that's kind of where I'm sitting on this one. Um, we should mention that Matt Grizzlick is out for Boston. Um, Charlie McAvoy is expected to take the top power play duties. Now, McAvoy, he's he's a good offensive defenseman. He's a good passer. Um, I don't know if he's like a shooter per se, but like that doesn't really matter on that power play. You're looking for assists from him. You're not looking for goals anyway, necessarily. So, um, you know, McAvoy, if you want to throw him in um, with your Boston sacks, I do like the Boston top line. We have them pretty chalky. I think we have them. I think we have both Marchand and Bergeron over 20% owned. So they're going to be chalky, but I think there are enough, there's enough depth around and there are enough ways to get different, even on a short four game slate. Um, you know, you can throw Nick Ritchie in with them. Um, you can throw Krejci in with them for the double center. Um, you can throw, you can take McAvoy out because he's probably not going to be the focus of the power play. So you can put in somebody like Kevin Miller who might play some big minutes um, here tonight um, if you want to get different. So that's kind of where I'm going here. I'm going Boston top line pretty heavily, um, but I'm going to mix and match. I'm going to put in guys like Richie and Krejci or even Craig Smith. I should mention Craig Smith ended up on the Boston top line by the end of last game. He played their final three or four shifts or something with them. So I'm um, not saying that Craig Smith is going to be on the top line, but you know, if this is a close game, we could see him there in the third period. So Craig Smith is actually one of my favorite one-offs. Um, on the whole slate today. So that's kind of where I'm at. Boston top line, a little bit of Philly second line, some cheap Carter Hart, and some one-off Craig Smith. Yeah, the, the Smith call wasn't one uh, I was looking for. I mean, I like the Coyle-Smith uh, duo, and I'm looking to get deep into some of these combos. So, like, that might be a two-man that I get to and some power play stacks. Like, if I am playing someone like a Winnipeg power play one stack, I'm sure I'll mix in a couple of those. Um, Coyle Smith might be a, a two man that I have to fill out that rest of that lineup. Um, it's really hard for me to get excited about anything on Philadelphia, but at the same time, um, their ownership's just so low. I just can't like from a matchups perspective, I don't really see anything to love. Um, maybe, maybe you just consider like you just take a shot on Philadelphia one. It's a really low probability play, but the ownership is. Uh, even lower than that. Like if you look at the top stack tool, um, it's like, man, do I really want to play someone that's going to see a bunch of Bergeron and, and Martian and guys like that? And like um, even like the Corrali line, like Corrali is pretty good defensively that they, they might see some time against uh, the opposing top lines. Um, I don't know. It's just not really a ton to like on the flyer side. So I mean, I, like just to jump in for a sec, like we went through this last night with Dallas, right? Like I talked about it in our Slack last night a little bit. I wasn't in love with Dallas because it was Dallas's first game. They didn't, you know, they hadn't played all season because of, because of COVID. Um, they barely had any practice time together, et cetera, et cetera. But our ownerships had them all at like, I think Radulov Pavelski at like four or 5% and hits and Gurianov somewhere like seven to 9%. They ended up coming in lower than that. And we saw what they did. Uh, like, I don't like the spot here for Philly either. Um, I'm probably not going to go to the top line, but I'll probably go to the second line. But again, 
it's one of those things. It's a four game slate. There are only so many spots to go. And you're, this is still, these are still good hockey players that are going to play 15, 16, 17 minutes. Um, you know, I'm going to take that. Like I said, I'm not going to go to the Hayes line. I think it's a bad enough matchup that I can get away from that. But the Patrick Connecting line, I'm probably going to go there because they're going to come in at two, three, four, five percent um, on a four game slate. And, that, you know, I don't care about the matchup at that point. At that point, it's all about ownership and price. I don't like they could be going into the teeth of 2015 Anze Kopitar. I wouldn't care. It It's just it's an ownership play at that point. Yeah, for sure. It is an ownership play on Philadelphia pretty much across the board. So I think with the ones that I have, uh, the, the Philadelphia stacks that I have, whether it's one, two or three, um, going to sprinkle. I know people said uh, sprinkle was like their most hated word for uh, DFS people. Um, and then I just said it. So I'm, I'm trying to be aware of that, but I'm going to sprinkle uh, these Philadelphia lineups. And with the ones that I do have, uh, I will just try to avoid the cookie cutter Winnipeg one. Um, I'll, I'll play someone else. I'll leave some salary on the table. I'll go with Vancouver power play. That's a little bit lower owned. Well, a lot of it lower owned than Winnipeg right now. So um, yeah, it's, it's just an ownership play in Philadelphia. Not a whole lot to like for a team that just scored four goals against, uh, against Boston a couple nights ago. Like the, the results, uh, the actual like numbers um, underlying numbers would suggest they should have scored a lot less than that. So, uh, McAvoy, top power play. He's your guy if you're going to really either of the top two lines. Um, don't love a whole lot uh, on the Boston side outside of um, outside of McAvoy. Just your obvious play there. And then uh, Gustafson, I like a little bit for 4,500. Um, there's two of them. So, just check, make sure he's updating on fans cruncher. I think they may have fixed that. Because I don't think I manually put him in and I got him in some of my crunches. Um, but just make sure that that he actually uploads if you do want to play some Gustafson one-offs. I think I'm going to have a fair amount of those. One thing I'm struggling with is Halak, because he's 7,600, which Mm -hmm. I find very cheap for this guy in this situation. But he, like, last game, like you said, Philly scored four goals on 25 shots, 26 shots. Like they're not like Boston's not going to allow a lot of volume. I don't like is Halak going to see more than twenty five shots tonight? I doubt he faces thirty. So, like I'm, I'm just having a tough time. Like what to do with Halak because it is a good spot. It is a good price. He's gonna, but he's gonna be fairly chalky. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like correlating is always a possibility. Um, but it's it's not uh, it's not a must here. I think if you're going to Boston, just because of the projected low shot volume, uh, I'd be more likely like I'm more likely to um, one off an expensive goalie tonight than I would on a larger slate like uh, like Carey Price something like that. Like a game that could have um, some high event uh, outcomes and a guy that just might see a ton of volume and be at pretty low ownership that we're projecting right now. So Cal Peterson, someone like that. Uh, maybe not guys that are necessarily any good, but uh, could get you a big score if you get them on the right night. Let's go to uh, the premier. Well, maybe the, the second best game on the night, not the premier game. That's the last one. Montreal, Vancouver, 3.3 implied total for the Canadians. Uh, 3.1 for the Canucks. Uh, th- is this a day game in Vancouver? I'm just realizing this is a 7 p.m. Eastern start. So, okay. 
because they're always late. Uh, they're, they're West Coast. Um, so that, that was messing me up a little bit there. Um, Price and Hopi are your projected starters. Neither of them confirmed at this moment. Um, Vancouver is just decimated. I don't, I don't think they're getting back Edler or Hammond tonight. And then Chatfield left the game. I don't, I don't know that he's any good. Um, Chatfield left the game uh, the last time these teams played two nights ago. Vancouver got trounced. Uh, like they just couldn't really get anything going. Montreal was crushing them. Uh, Tafoy, Tafoy and Yoel uh, Armia both had uh, huge days. Kokaniemi got in there uh, a little bit later. Um, their top line didn't really do a whole lot for Montreal, and they still destroyed it in that game. And that's just because Vancouver's got really nothing going for them on the blue line outside of a couple guys. Uh, Quinn Hughes, his minutes weren't crazy high. I think he got like 21, 22 minutes in that game. Schmidt got 28, and Tyler Myers got, I think, almost 25. Um, so I, I don't know from a hockey perspective, what, what are you doing with this Vancouver side? Like, how big of a loss are both of these guys for them? Uh, so I don't think it's that huge of a loss because here's I shouldn't say that Vancouver relies heavily on their power play for scoring, like a lot. Uh, and Quinn, they still have Quinn Hughes to use for their power play. So that they've lost other defensemen doesn't really change much for me for their offensive outlook. Cause they only have a handful of puck movers on the blue line anyway, um, notably Hughes and Schmidt, and they're both in the lineup still. So as far as offense at five on five or on the power play goes, it doesn't change a lot for me now defensively, of course, like this wasn't a deep defensive group to begin with. And the fact that they keep losing bodies. Um, is a huge concern. Like this was a team that was bottom third by expected goals against last year and then lost their starting goalie and then lost Chris Tanev and lost Tyler Toffoli. Didn't really replace any of them. I mean, they brought in Nate Schmidt, who I suppose is a fine replacement for Tanev, but I think Schmidt's a little bit, I mean, Tanev is kind of falling off defensively. But anyways, like Vancouver's just looked terrible defensively this year as kind of expected. Um, if you look at the past two games that the, the, cause this is the third game these two teams have played against each other this week. And before we dig in, that's kind of something I want to mention is that there were 14 power plays in the last game. Um, and Tyler Myers took a run at Joel Armia. Like, I don't want to debate whether it's dirty or not. The fact is, is that he didn't get suspended for it. And they're <laughs> Montreal is bringing Corey Perry into the lineup tonight. And I don't think that that's a mistake. I think you're going to see Corey Perry just absolutely beeline for Tyler Myers at some point. So, like, that's it's it's what's making me nervous about using Myers here tonight is that one his price has jumped up to like 4,400, I think, uh, and two, like somebody Corey Perry is going to go after him. That's just who Corey Perry is. Like, so uh, I'm just worried about Myers taking like a fighting major and a 10 minute misconduct, and then he's gone for a whole period or something like that. So I won't be using a lot of Tyler Myers. Um, Vancouver, I, I, I would suggest that we don't overlook them. Um, like I said, they, they rely heavily on the power play. All their power play guys are healthy. And this is like, I assume there are going to be a fair amount of power plays in this game. So like, while I, this is a terrible matchup for Vancouver at five on five, um, if they can get four, five, six power plays, um, I will take my chances on Pedersen and Besser and Horvat and Miller and all those guys. So I do have uh, a handful of Vancouver power play stacks. I'm not stacking them at even strength or anything like that. It's just the power play guys are nothing for me. Um, on the Montreal side, as I was mentioning in our premium Slack, 
Uh, the third line of Armia, Toffoli, and Kokaniemi just absolutely destroyed Vancouver in those first two games. They were over 80% expected goal share, and that's that's bonkers. That's an NHL team playing an AHL team. That's honestly how bad that is. So, like, I'm going back to Kokaniemi and, and Toffoli at least. Corey Perry's probably going to draw on that third line, but like I said, he's probably going to get thrown out at some point too. So if you want to, you know, jump down and maybe throw an Arturi Lekanen in there because he might get moved up at some point. I don't mind that. That's one way to get different um, with your chalk stacks. So I'm using quite a bit of Montreal 3, but I think I'm not alone in that. Like, I think a lot of people are going to go to that Montreal 3, Boston 1, or Montreal 3, Winnipeg 1 stack because those you can fit in, you know, you can fit in Kakaniemi and Toffoli and Romanov with Boston 1 or something like that. So. Um, I am going to use a fair bit of Suzuki and Anderson because I suspect that Horvat is going to stay with Besser and Miller. He got put together with him last game. I suspect he'll be with them again this game. And I suspect that he'll go up against the Dano line and that'll leave Drouin, Suzuki and Anderson to go up against Pedersen. And it doesn't matter who's skating with them. So um, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm using all three Montreal lines here tonight. Like I think half my lineups have one Montreal, one Montreal two or Montreal three. If I were to put them in order in like in favorite rank in, you know, in terms of not only value, but what I think um, matchup and, and ownership and all that, I'd probably go Montreal two, which is Suzuki and, and, and uh, Josh Anderson, and then Montreal one with the note to Tar Gallagher and then Montreal three. Cause I think Montreal three comes in a bit higher owned than we'd like for a third line, even on a four game slate. Yeah, this is the game for me. Uh, like I'm going to have, almost looks like all my lineups uh, have something from this game, whether it's a one-off with one of the defensemen for Montreal, uh, full line stack on Montreal, not necessarily a power play stack, but like I really like the power play on the Vancouver side. I think if they score their expectation here, it's going to be pretty likely that it comes from the power play. Um, So some, some uh, combination of Besser, Miller, Horvat, um, Elias Patterson, he's, he hasn't really gotten going at all. I don't, does he even have a point yet this season through six games? I think he has one assist. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's frustrated. Yeah, uh, one assist in six games. Yeah, that, that's not great. Um, he's obviously a much better player than that. Getting demoted, playing with Pearson and Vertanen. Um, not super crazy about that line as a full stack, but uh, I like the five-man power play stack for Vancouver. Uh, I probably would like the five-man power play stack for Montreal if they weren't so separated. Um, maybe you go with the second unit. I don't know how much time they're getting to Tar Gallagher, Anderson, Kokanyemi, and Romanoff. I suppose you could do that. That'd be pretty contrarian on a uh, four-gamer. Um, but I love the Montreal top line. I, I'll stack all three of their lines uh, as five-on-five. Five. Maybe you leave off. Corey Perry, because, yeah, he's probably going to fight Tyler Myers. Uh, and he actually projects pretty well from us from a value perspective. So just be careful with him. Be careful with Myers. Um, I don't know how that situation is going to play out, but he's up to 4400 anyways on DK. So um, his price has come up just a little bit. I, I really like uh, Schmidt as well at 4600 as a one-off. He's playing massive minutes. And then Hughes, uh, I think Homer Cleese pointed out the other day that um, – that uh, he, he's shooting a little bit more. He is shooting a little bit more. He's attempting more shots than last season. But 5,800, I feel like if he has a big game here, if he has a tournament-winning game, 
that uh, it's going to be because Vancouver power play brought him along for the ride. So maybe he scored the goal and I'm wrong, but 5,800, a little bit pricey. I'd rather play a bunch of other guys over him as one-offs. Um, so I'll include him in my power play stacks, but not a whole lot outside of that. Is this the game that uh, Toffoli stops scoring every time he touches the puck? I mean, can I mean, you play like, one-off? It feels yeah. like popular. Yeah, Toffoli one-off is going to be popular. I don't see how Montreal – like, if Vancouver goes back to the same matchups and, and Montreal 3 is matched up against the bottom six for Vancouver, I don't see how we don't see – like, maybe not a hat trick, but I don't see how that line doesn't score at least one goal. Like, they're just hemming them in every time they're out there. It's not even close. It's, it's like, it honestly is, like, pretty unfair. Um, just to go back to the Montreal – With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our play for a sec. You wondered about how they're splitting it. It's pretty much like a 55-45 split. Like Romanov is playing 247 a game and Petrie's at 312. So like there's really not a huge difference between their two power play units. And also one thing I wanted to mention is that they're not sure Paul Byron is going to play tonight. Um, and there's something weird going on with their cap situation right now that they might not be able to bring up another forward to replace Paul Byron if he can't play. So Victor Mete, their defenseman, might actually draw into the fourth line on the left wing. Um, not that I'm super high on Victor Mete, but l- like that Vancouver bottom six is atrocious. And I would be shocked if anybody actually rostered him. Now, this is assuming he plays. We won't know. Coach hasn't spoken yet. They said coach is going to speak probably in about 30 minutes or so. We'll know more then. Um, just keep an eye out that there might be a $2,500 defenseman playing fourth line left wing for Montreal tonight. All right. Um, that should do it for that game. Before we move it on, uh, today is the day of the big fight. This is your last chance to uh, use promo code Connor, C-O-N-O-R. Uh, and what that is is for UFC 257, which is tonight. You get a $2.57 MMA weekly pass. Uh, this is almost expired, so take advantage now if you guys want to uh, get in Slack, use the MMA tools, top fighter tool, projections, ownership, all that good stuff. We've got Slack for MMA. We've got Slack for a bunch of other different sports that you can join if you do get any sort of pass. And uh, if you're looking for NHL, which it might be, uh, we don't have any promos going on, but we do have packages starting at uh, just $3.95. Head to uh, the promo page. I believe it's osmo.com slash promos. And uh, you can see anything that we've got going on uh, at the time. If you wanted to get an NHL uh, subscription, we've got projections, ownership projections, the top stack tool that we reference all the time, the lineup builder that I use to go through the show. It shows you uh, projections, ownership, and the top, uh, the stack uh, total for each of the even strike lines, which is a pretty cool uh, thing to see as well. And then, of course, premium slack where you're going to find all the news notes anything that we see throughout the day and more importantly leading up to lock and through lock all right let's start with the kings and the st louis blues 2.3 implied total for los angeles 3.2 for st louis 
Cal Peterson going for the Kings, $6,800. I know a few people that will be interested in that. And uh, Jordan Bennington, $8,400. Getting a lot of ownership. And, uh, man, I can't even really deny that that I'm somewhat interested in Jordan Bennington. But uh, some of these, the St. Louis top line is uh, right now more popular than, like, Montreal's top line. It seems a little bit crazy to me just based on the difference in, in how the two play and how the two uh, generate chances. But uh, what are you seeing in this game? Is there anything we can go to on the Kings side here? So, yeah, I actually wanted to start with Los Angeles because, you know, we just talked. There's a four, It's a four-game slate, and there are only so many spots that we can go. So um, we can't just choke on the chalk all the time. Um, Adrian Kempe was moved up alongside Kopitar and Alex Iafalo. Now, Adrian Kempe is a guy people were pretty high on when he was drafted. Like, he was supposed to be a top liner for them basically two or three years ago, and he, I don't want to say he hasn't panned out, but he hasn't lived up to those expectations. But just because a player hasn't lived up to expectations doesn't mean they're a bad player. I think people often conflate those two things, and it's a big mistake. Like, I think Kempe is probably like a middle six playmaker. But the fact that he's a middle six playmaker playing with Kopitar and I follow, probably going to play 18 minutes, gives me interest here. Um, the fact that they're all correlated on the power play as well is kind of a boost. Now, obviously, they're going in to face Ryan O'Reilly and, and David Perron. That's a terrible matchup. Um, it's just the fact for me is that you can stack the Los Angeles top line uh, for under 15,000. Um, you can fit, fit him in with like the Montreal top line or a Vancouver, you know, power play stack. You can fit him in with just basically about anything except for Winnipeg. Uh, you, like you can even fit them in with Boston. Um, they're going to play huge minutes. And I'm not sure, like, something I was thinking about this morning is like, how sure are we that Jordan Bennington is a good goalie? Because if you think about it, he had one good half season and that's when they won the cup. But then last year, he was average behind a really good defensive team. And then this year, he hasn't been anything special. Let's not forget, like, he was stuck behind Jake Allen in the St. Louis depth, like, organizational chart for years. Like, this wasn't a guy that was banging on the door or a super high prospect or anything like that. This is a guy that's had, that had one good half season and is probably going to parlay that into an entire career because it, le- because it led to a Stanley Cup. So, like, the fact that Jordan Bennington had one good half season doesn't mean he's a good goalie. Like, it takes years for goalies to prove themselves. So, just based on the fact that, you know, one, it's a four-game slate. Two, there shouldn't be a lot of ownership on them. Like, we're showing 12% on Kopitar. I'm not sure it'll be that high. Like, I, I would be pretty surprised if Adrian Kempe is double digits tonight. Agreed. Um, we Yeah, we have him at 10%. I think they're going to come in. He's going to come in a little bit lower than that. Um. I, for me, it's kind of just like another ownership play. I'm probably like, I'm going to have Los Angeles in two or three out of my 20 lineups. And that's about it. Like I'm not slamming them in. I don't think it's a great leverage play or anything like that. It's just, I want to make sure that I have them a little bit different in case, you know, Bennington already gave up like six goals earlier this year or something like that. Like this guy isn't impervious to anything. So um, I'm not like, I'm not super high on Los Angeles. I just want to get them in because I think they're going to come in at like, you know, seven, eight, nine percent ownership, and I want to make sure I have some of that. For me, I think this game is about St. Louis too. Uh, Schwartz and Shen and Cairo have been playing really, really well together. Um, they're going to go up against the second line from uh, Los Angeles. 
Uh, the second line from Los Angeles, like Athanasiu is not good defensively. Jeff Carter was good defensively years ago, but he's not anymore. And Blake Lazat's still a young player. You know, he might be a little bit above average, but we still don't know. Like this isn't probably going to be a good defensive line. Uh, Schwartz and Shen play the power play together. So uh, you can stick them with Krug or you can, you know, if you want to be a little bit different, you put in Colton Pareko or something like that. Um, I just really love that matchup for St. Louis too. You can fit them in with just about anything anywhere else. Uh, we don't have them as like super high owned, I don't think. Um, so I'm just checking short. Yeah, we have Schwartz and Kempe at the same price. Like all all things equal, I'd way rather have Schwartz even if he's $1,500 more expensive. He's double, he's twice the player that Kempe is. So like if that loss, if St. Louis second line and Los Angeles top line are the same ownership tonight, you know, including costs, I'd way rather have the St. Louis second line. Way rather have them. So I'm in on Schwartz, uh, Cairo, uh, and Shen. I'm leaving Cairo off a lot of them because St. Louis, they don't generate a ton of five on five. They're, you know, they do focus a little bit more on the power play. So um, I have Cairo in like one or two lineups. Um, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> I know we don't. He's not a popular guy amongst the DFSers for a very good reason. But Justin Falk uh, is playing like 24 minutes a game. And that, you know, that mid-range defenseman on this slate is just an absolute wasteland. Like if you look between like 3,500 and 5,000, it's basically like Alex Romanoff and that's about it. So um, if you need a mid-price defenseman, I think Justin Falk um, is probably the guy uh, to go to here. If you want to get different, you know, throwing in Colton Pareko instead of Tori Krug is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with everything you said there. I think I'll have some LA, I mean, I would imagine they come down in ownership a little bit uh, by the time we get to lock, especially Kempe. I don't think he's going to carry double-digit ownership. I agree with you there. Um, but once that gets re-ran, that, that should get updated. Um, and yeah, if St. Louis, if the ownership's going to be split on these two lines, I greatly prefer uh, St. Louis too. Um, just been really good, short sample, but um, at least it's a good short sample and they're going to have the better matchup. Uh, I even like St. Louis three. So I'm looking to be... Uh, under on St. Louis one, uh, and then over on on two and three. I think the third line is a pretty reasonable play here. Uh, sometimes the Thomas Bozak duo gets uh, a little bit of ownership. Looks like they are one of the higher owned third lines, so they're probably going to be the second highest owned uh, third line behind Montreal, just because Toffoli's just gone nuts two straight games. Um, but yeah, they're not going to just be like a diamond in the rough at one percent. I think even on a bigger slate, I'd probably uh, consider uh, St. Louis three here. So going with the middle, the middle six for St. Louis, I really like them. Uh, not a whole lot uh, after the top line for the Kings. And I think the top line is more of just an ownership play. And uh, if they can put up three goals here, maybe they can get you two of them. And if it's just a low scoring slate in general, they might uh, have a path to be in the winning lineup. Um, yeah. Falk. Falk, I think I'm in agreement with you there. He's not great to watch, certainly, but if you're going to play 24, 25 minutes, I think the lowest amount of minutes he's played so far this season is 21. 4K for a guy that he will shoot. Um, He does have a pretty good projection um, at uh, almost eight points for 4K. I mean, and like I said, the thing is, is that that mid-range on DK, there's no one. Like, if you're looking over 3,500, Matt Roy, Brett Kulak, Sean Walker – um, Derek Forbord, Joel Edmondson, Mike Riley, Nikita Zaitsev, maybe. 
Like th- these are the guys that are in that price range. So it's not like I love Falk. It's just like, I hate everybody else. <laughs> What's up with Falk? Did he remember how to hockey? Uh, oh, what about Don as a flyer as well? I mean, I do like Don just because he's probably going to be the fourth highest owned defenseman on the St. Louis blue line on what should be like a reasonably chalky team. Um, it just doesn't seem that they like Dunn very much, but that's what worries me. He, like, I feel like for the last three years, I don't know how long he's been around, but it feels like about as long as I've been playing NHL seriously. Um, like his minutes are just never consistent. And it's not a huge deal when you're this cheap, but like, if you're going to play 13 minutes just out of nowhere, some games, and then you're going to jump up to 23, he's just really tough to get a read on. So when he's low owned and cheap, then sure, I'll take some stabs at him. But um, yeah, I just like generally never know what to do with him. So um, I, I'm not getting to a ton of him tonight, which is fine. I'm, if he burns me, he burns me. Yeah, it's just, you know, once you get down under 3,500 or whatever, I think there are enough defensemen that you can play like, Travis Sanheim is probably going to play 25 minutes. Brandon Carlo is probably going to play over 20 minutes. Eric Gustafson's running a power play unit. Like, I think there are other options once you get down to that level. Yeah, we're showing a bunch of ownership on Tory Krug as well. I'm, I'm not in on that in terms of, like, I'll take there's, – there's probably, like, eight or ten guys I would take, at, at the very least, as one-offs uh, over Krug tonight. So it's going to be a lineup construction thing with, with him. Um, I may just make a hard rule that I don't play Krug unless I play a St. Louis stack. Um, yeah, I don't have any one-offs of Tory Krug here tonight. Especially if he's going to be one of the highest known defensemen, which it looks like he might. Like This is your clear optimizer play. Not saying you can't play him, but just uh, maybe don't include him as a one-off very often for 5,600, a guy that hasn't been shooting much at all. I mean, Colton Pareko, I mean, we have Colton Pareko's ownership at a third of Tory Krug's ownership. Like, there's your immediate swap if you want to get different on a short slate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Before we move it on, let's uh, let's see. We got over 200 people on a Saturday. Man, that, that's pretty good. Uh, if you guys could hit the like button, that helps us out a ton. Helps us build the channel. We've got NBA coming on uh, later tonight, so stick around. Subscribe to the channel. You'll know when we go live for this show, for MMA shows, for uh, NBA, PGA, NFL tomorrow. Uh, we'll have, um, I believe, a two or three hour live before lock for you guys. So you never get cheated free content if you do subscribe to the channel. All right. Last game of the night, Ottawa and Winnipeg to close out this four-gamer. Uh, 2.8 implied total for the Sens, 3.1 for the Jets. Matt Murray and Connor Hellbuck, probably going to be your starters. Uh, maybe they'll let Murray face this Jets team again. Um, I've got some thoughts on this game, but I want to hear yours first. Like, again, it, it is interesting because it is a late game. So how are, you, how are you dealing with this one? Okay, so I do have some thoughts on this game, and you're going to have to allow me to tell a little story here. So don't worry. Okay. So I write about season long fantasy hockey over at dauberhockey.com. And in the off season, I wrote about the Ottawa Senators. Now the Ottawa Senators coach is DJ Smith and DJ Smith is notoriously known to be a great defensive coach. That's why he was hired in Toronto five years ago or six years ago or whatever it was. He got hired out of Toronto. He used to run their penalty kill, I believe. 
Uh, now he's Ottawa's head coach. He's known for being a good defensive coach. Anyways, I looked at Ottawa's numbers at the end of last season. Over Ottawa's final 20 games last season, they were mid-pack in the league by expected goals against. And they had a better goals against than teams like Toronto, Carolina, the Islanders, and the Flames. Those were all playoff teams. Now, this is over the final 20 games of last year. Now, there was a lot of turnover for Ottawa. They have a lot of new players. But I would say that this roster is a vastly improved roster from the one that finished the season last year. So if you look at Ottawa's numbers this year, they're not bad. Like, you would think that, it, like, everybody expected this team to be kind of like a dumpster team, and they're not. Um, if you look at their expected goals against, they're, it's better than uh, teams like, I don't know, Philadelphia, Dallas. I guess Dallas has only played one game, but they're neck and neck. They're right behind teams like the Golden Knights, Pittsburgh, Nashville, Tampa Bay. Like, they're near the mid-pack by expected goals against this year, and they were mid-pack over the final 20 games last year. Like, this is now a sample, of 20, again, granted, it's a different, a much different roster, but now we have a sample of 25 games of this team not being bad defensively. So, like, when I think about this, and then I think about the game tonight, and I see Blake, I see Mark Scheifele bordering on 30% ownership, like, I start to wonder just how much Winnipeg I should have here tonight. Because, like I said, like, I don't think Ottawa is a bad defensive team. I don't think they're anything. They, they are not a Chicago. They are not a Florida. This is not, they are not nearly as bad as those teams are defensively. Um, what's giving me pause here is that there are holes that you can attack on the Ottawa roster, notably being their depth pairs. Once you get past the top pair, Shabbat and Goodbranson, there really isn't a whole lot there. Like. That third pair of Josh Brown and Braden Coburn, their expected goals for so far this year is like 33% or something like that. They're getting absolutely buried. So I actually, like, I get wanting to use the Winnipeg top line, but when I see so much ownership on them, it makes me, it makes me concerned for a slate, for a four-game slate where there are a lot of other good places to go. Like, you know, I don't know how much better how much better is Vancouver's matchup than um, I guess Vancouver's a little bit better because Montreal is a better five on five team than Ottawa, but Vancouver has a better power play. So, like, it, does that discrepancy in ownership justify the five on five matchup? Like, I don't think it does. So, like, I'm I'm really I'm having a hard time getting to to Winnipeg here. I do have quite a bit of Shifley right now, but it's something that I'm struggling with because. The, the, like my intuition again going back to what we talked about earlier my intuition is telling me Ottawa should suck defensively but if you look at the numbers and you look at the results from the last 25 games they don't so and Billy Hinola came out of when it came is coming out of Winnipeg's lineup they don't have any good puck moving defensemen Josh Morrissey's their best puck mover and he, he's like a middle pair guy so I think there are enough concerns here that if you don't want to pay up for a 25, 30% Winnipeg one, Winnipeg power play. I wouldn't fault you. Like I'm, I, I, I still don't know. Like I'm going to wrestle this with this probably for another couple hours. Like I, I honestly don't know like what to do with him because I, I feel like remember Josh said the other night, it feels like one of those situations where you have to just avoid them or go way overboard. He said that about the Matthews line. Like, I feel like this is another one of those situations where you're either going in with 50% Shifley or you're just going in with 5%. 
and hoping that you hit the right combo. I feel like you're dead in the water if you're just going with like 20 or 25% Shifley. So that's what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's fair. Like you, if, if Winnipeg is the best stack tonight, you are going to have to hit every single part of the rest of your lineup. Like winning scores are going to be as high basically as they possibly can. Um, I think in some of the higher dollar stuff, even like the 40, I think it's a 40 on DK tonight. Um, that's term I usually play. And uh, like, I think they might be like 35, 40%, um, especially like Kyle Connor uh, and, and Wheeler uh, on DK. So like in those tournaments, especially there's no way I'm getting to the field on Winnipeg. Um, and I think it's a really good late swap night because you're going to know basically like almost all the information on the rest of the slate. So if you've got a team that might be middle of the pack and you're just trying to make it cash and you've got Winnipeg one, like you have to swap off um, because you, you just have to be perfect in order for that to hit the cash line. And so I think like, I don't think the spot's great for Winnipeg one. I'm like a noted Winnipeg one hater. Uh, like I, I can't stand Shifley. I can't stand when he scores goals. Um, and I still play like a, I feel like I have to play a decent amount of them here because if I end up with zero or like 5%, like I'm dead unless one of the first couple of games goes off. Whereas if I start with, you know, 15% Winnipeg one, I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, I could always swap off of them if those lineups suck uh, in the first couple of games. So what I'm planning to do is just, you know, go get my time to 15% Winnipeg one locked in. Um, like I don't, they're not that great at five on five. Is no. that's the problem I always have with them? Is like, like man, this is a great you know line, and they're really not that great at five on five. They are going to be good on the power play. They're going to see a bunch of like if Ottawa can't stay out of the penalty box, um, it's going to be an early night probably. Um, but yeah, I, I just I think it's one of those situations where people are just going to them because they're the best option, but like they're not that much better to me than Vancouver power play. They're not that much better to, than um, Montreal one. Montreal one is, I think, well, maybe Boston one, but Montreal one is one of the better uh, lines on the entire slate. And um, they're like a third of the ownership, especially like, in the higher dollar stuff. Yeah. Like, like no I, think, I think this is a better matchup. Like Montreal is in a better matchup than Winnipeg yeah. is. I agree. Like, I, I think people are still over, like underrating Ottawa like they're not a great defensive team this isn't Tampa Bay or Boston but like I said this isn't Florida or Chicago either like one thing I will say is that in their last game Winnipeg's second line absolutely throttled Winnipeg or Ottawa's second line and I think that's where remember I mentioned the Brown Coburn pairing I think that's where that comes into play is that that third pair for Ottawa is going to play some time with that second and third line from Ottawa and I think I think that's where they can get into some trouble. So I actually do have, I, I have like not a lot. I have a couple Stasny Ehlers, Stasny cops, like, you know, cop, like a cop Ehlers, you know, uh, Dylan DeMello stack is super cheap. And then you can pay up for all your guys from Boston if you want, or, you know, pay up for, you know, all your guys from Vancouver, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, auto one, probably the best spot. They're fully correlated. Uh, on the Ottawa side, I should say, not not the best spot of the night. Uh, I think Kachuk is 
one of my favorite one-offs, but he's getting ownership. Um, yeah, and have you have you looked at the Ottawa ice time? Like, they're really spreading the ice time around. Connor Brown is over 19 minutes. I think they have a couple guys around 17, and everybody else is lower than that. Like, Brady Kachuk hasn't seen a big ice time increase, and that's concerning. Do you have any uh, um, problem with going to some Ottawa, too, at, like, no ownership? With Connor Brown, like, he's the guy who, like, he doesn't do a whole lot, but I remember there were a couple of combinations where uh, they did a pretty good job of carrying play last season. I remember playing, like, some Ottawa, too. I can't remember who was on the line. Maybe it was, like, Tyranny, Brown. and It was Duclair. Was it Duclair? Okay. Yeah, I remember Duclair went nuclear early in the season. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, basically no ownership. Like, I think I'm going to have some lineups tonight where – <laughs> I'm chasing, but like I'm doing okay. Like I'll just swap from Winnipeg one um, because you're dead if you have them and you don't have the nuts, and like just leave a ton of salary, go Ottawa two or like some sort of Ottawa Ottawa power play stack with Shabbat. Like I think there's a pretty good opportunity to do that. Looking at some of the ownership on the Ottawa side, and it's a low probability play again, but um, it's one you kind of have to make if you're trying to bank one of these or at least think about going into the late game with all this concentrated ownership on the Winnipeg side. Um, you got to be prepared to swap off some stuff and make some really uncomfortable plays. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind playing, you know, Tierney and Brown or something like that. Those guys are going to play 16 or 17 minutes against Winnipeg's bottom six and Winnipeg's bottom six is just bad. So like, you know, Tierney, Tierney and Brown, even without Duclair put up, you know, pretty good offensive play driving numbers. So I'm kind of with you there that if you want to get, if you need a cheap third line and you want to get away from the chalk, like Montreal or something like that, then yeah, like a two man, like, like Tierney and Brown or something. I can, yeah, I can definitely get behind that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've had a couple of good nights in a row, so maybe I'm just trying to talk myself off the chalk and I should just not, but um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be over on Winnipeg. This ownership looks way too high. I really, really, really love that Montreal Vancouver game. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Dylan Demello back for Winnipeg tonight. He should go right to the top player pair, play twenty two, twenty three minutes for min price. So if you need a stone cold min punt, Dylan Demello. Okay, I was going to say I didn't see him in the projections, but I, I don't see. I, I do see him actually. Um, so we're good there. Yeah, one of the better values on the entire night, uh, almost. Projected for seven DK points at twenty five hundred. That's and, and Matt Murray's probably a pretty good leverage play in net. Heck yeah, Ottawa one or Ottawa two plus Matt Murray. I'll I'll be mixing in some of those right to the promised land, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know anything else to discuss on this slate. I think it, there were a lot of good talking points on this one. I like these like four to six gamers really can dig in. Well, yeah. And then next week it's all fourteen and and twelve gamers. No, not a whole lot. Um, honestly, just um, I honestly think Victor Mete might be a good play tonight, depending if he can get in. So just look for the Montreal uh, news if you need a $2,500 punt. Um, I think that's it. I was looking at, I was, yeah, I was looking at my, at my one-offs, Craig Smith, Dylan DeMello, uh, Joel Faraby, Nikolai Ehlers. I really like that, you know, Coppin, Coppin Ehlers on that Winnipeg second line. I, I like one-offing either one of them. So I think Winnipeg's second line is going to get some good matchups here tonight. I like the call. Yeah, I think I'm more likely to get to the field on Winnipeg 2 than Winnipeg 1 for what it's worth. So 
Um, get your lineups in early. At least get a dummy lineup, something you would be okay having. Uh, you never know what could happen where DK goes down. Uh, we're going to try to not go down, obviously. But, uh, yeah, just PSA. I always try to get something in earlier in the day. I usually do one crunch, like I'm crunching right before lock, do, like go through my normal spiel. Um, but uh, other than that, thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. Won't have a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll see what the prize pools are like. That's kind of going to set the tone for Sundays going forward for NHL. Um, use that promo code Connor. That's this is the last day you can use it. Uh, you're gonna be watching some MMA at all tonight. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get it. I like. I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't been super super in MMA, but I usually get the big fights. So I'll probably watch tonight. Yeah, and before you guys yell at me, I know it's UFC. All right, it's called MMA on DraftKings, but uh, you know those two are interchangeable. So, all right. Thanks for joining. Notification bell, likes. You guys get the deal. We've already got 65. And thank you guys for joining. And uh, I believe it's Josh and I on Monday. Good luck until then. Good luck, everyone.